calling on his name causes the enemies to flee. Just something about calling Jesus' name. I don't care where you are. If you call on Jesus' name in a grocery store, I guarantee you people will stop to listen. No matter where you are on this continent, somebody knows about his name. Jesus. What a wonderful name it is. Jesus, 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 Your name, oh, Jesus, 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 my Lord Jesus. Sometimes you can't even think of anything to pray for, but if you just say his name. on Jesus in the midst in a quick second of time of trouble and he fixed it right then and there simply because you said his name have you ever been there his name is Jesus 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 hallelujah Hallelujah. 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 I'm giving in your moment. You better get yours in now. This Thursday, many years ago, Jesus was headed to the cross. On this Thursday, where would I be today without him? Monday, Thursday, we should never forget. For this day changed our lives forever. It played a great part of our lives being changed on this Thursday. 
you know, the angry, the, uh, the enemy gets mad. When you have a praise that's silent, <laughs> when he doesn't even know what you're praising God for, do you know that you can praise God in silence also? Your spirit, your mind, just having a field day of praise. I know some of you are sitting in places where you feel like you want to scream out to God in praise, but I believe that he will honor your silent praises as well. Those silent moments of worship, that's when the enemy is confused most. He has no idea where the depths of your praise come from. <laughs> He has to listen and learn. Jesus. Something about that name. Hallelujah. Lord, my prayer this morning, Jesus, is that you will honor the prayer requests of the people who are on today. Jesus. Lord, as we go into our study of this incredible week that you've endured for us, Lord, my prayer is that the serious of this matter, the depthness of the change that took place, the depths of understanding will be reached among your people. Father, allow us to step into the moment, at the moment of time, to feel the feelings you felt, to feel the atmosphere of the people around. We want a recollection of reality of it, God. And not the story fairy tale part that the world has tried to change it to. Help us to get it so that it could be life-changing, God. That we will never be the same in appreciation for what you've done. Jesus, your name. <laughs> Lord, as we go into this word, Lord, my prayer is that you will speak to us. Open our ears to hear you completely. Lord, use my mouth as a mouthpiece, and yet I'm a servant learning, Father, and being fed by you. Bless your people. Every prayer request out there, I can't see them, but God, I know that you know what they are. Honor them as if I we had spoken them. Put your foot in it, Jesus. <laughs> it is in Jesus' name, your name only. That we do seal this prayer with the blood of your blood running all over it, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Do me a favor on this Holy Week Thursday. It's just a moment of celebration. Can we give God just a moment of our worship by pressing the love buttons and the like buttons and letting him know that we acknowledge his power in our lives. I heard one lady say, I'm glad I serve a God with power. 
and not a powerless God. I heard that. A God that didn't have to stay dead. <laughs> Any errand that every other God that I hear about is dead. Maggots done eaten, bones done set, but God, He lives. And never dies. He's had the power to take sting out of death. What a man. What a man. That's who I want to follow. He has given us the opportunity to walk through the shadows of death. <laughs> the shadows. Because he's God. Jesus. <laughs> well, reflecting back, we talked about Monday, talked about Tuesday and Wednesday and all the things that Jesus had to go through. We talked about how he was anointed with his feet, with, 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 the, with hair, and we talked about him entering into Jerusalem. On the sign of peace, a donkey. We talked about people hurling words against him. Kill him, kill him, kill him. We thought about that. We entered into his feelings to see the change, how it started off so awesome. People were throwing their clothes and palm trees out on the ground. And he comes on in. And then the rhetoric starts. We talked about the, the church, the temple. Becoming a, a today's Las Vegas, money changers. There's so much going on. We talked about God having to tear that down after he had such a great week at the beginning. They had a party the week before for him, remember? To get in there and you have these smart-mouthing people, Pharisees. He had to deal with that. And then we have him coming in today. Could my week have gotten any worse? Couldn't it have gotten any worse? Judas then went to some folk, said, hey, what you going to give me if I portray Jesus? Now, remember, Jesus is everywhere. He saw, he saw Judas there. He knew what Judas was doing. He knew how Judas did it, had to pretend like he didn't, had to stay in his man form in the flesh. Had to deal with that. After all you've seen me do, I've got to deal with this. Could it have gotten any worse? Today we're on Thursday. Some people call it Monday, Thursday. Some call it Covenant Thursday. Some call it Great and Holy Thursday, Sheer Thursday. Thursday of Mysteries. Thursday was a busy day. There was a lot going on. The most common title known for that day is Monday, Thursday. Monday. Thursday. 
That's what you'll hear most from people when they're talking. They're talking about Monday, Thursday. They put a title on the Monday, Thursday. Simply because there was so much happening on that day. Turn with me to... Let's go to Matthew 22 and 14 so that we can visit the moments and the times and things that occurred after Jesus woke up again to have to deal with some most <laughs> Thursday. Here we go. When the hour has come, this is Luke 22, 14. These verses that we've been going over this week are probably some of the most important verses that you'd ever want to read and books that you ever want to read. This tale, this is the juice of the story. It says, when the hour had come when the moment had appeared when the time of that God had planned for all along has finally arrived when the planned moment when prophecy was about to take place when the hour when the second has come and trust me, it wasn't a time yet Jesus came here just for it. It wasn't a moment of time that he was excited about. He had to feel everything that came along with it. It didn't feel good, but I got to do what I got to do because I love my people. I love my creation. I love mankind. And I know that if I don't do this, that they'll never make it in. To be with me and the Father in heaven. They'll never make it into eternity unless I do this. Unless I go through this plan, it will never happen. So when the hour had come for this second to take place, this planned second, this spiritually planned second, he, Jesus, reclined at the table and the apostles with him. You have to remember that was a that was a common posture back then. After you sat up and you ate, reclining to relax. And the Bible says that he reclined at the table. And when he did so, then the disciples went ahead and declined with them. And notice they didn't call them disciples here. They called them apostles. There's a switching going on. There's a switch that took place. What is the difference between a disciple and an apostle? Well, an apostle is a messenger, like an ambassador, right? Someone who's 
champions a critical reform movement. He He's a messenger for God. But isn't that what a disciple is? No. A disciple is a follower. He's a student of a mentor, teacher, or Jesus. He's a student of it. An apostle, they were there. They saw it. They were in it. They saw Jesus do what he had to do. Everything was firsthand. They were early, early followers of Christ. So now they're being told that they're apostles now. It says, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. Those who were early followers were with him. Those who are going to be top-notch messengers and, and ambassadors because they were there, they saw it, had eyes on. They were there. And he said to them, it's Jesus talking, I have earnestly desired. He says, I have earnestly desired. In other words, I've waited a long time for this. I so desire this. I earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Man, Jesus is saying, listen, I am so excited to dine with you right now at this appointed appointment that was made long ago. I've waited for this moment and I am excited to be here with you. I desired this so very much. I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. This is going to be the last time. This meal was the last time that Jesus would be able to sit and have supper with the 12 that he had chosen. This was a special moment for him. This is what this is saying. He earnestly desired this. His every being desires this last moment. I want to spend my last time with you. I want to, this is going to be the, the last time. Have any of you ever been in a last time position? Anyone that you loved, you want to be, this is the last one. We don't know, we don't know if we'll see you again. And so we want to treat you as if it were your last day. This is the last time. For I say to you, I shall never eat again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. In other words, Jesus was expressing to them how special this particular second and moment is. We have those types of moments. We have graduations. And we have weddings. and We have funerals. Mitzvahs, those special moments that we will fly across the world to be a part of because this may be the last one. 
You don't want to miss it. You'll never be able to revisit this appointment the second, this time again. This is one of those moments that you never return back to. Jesus says, listen, I desire this with you. For I say to you, I shall never again eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, this is the first of several partakes that he was going to be taking with his disciples. When he had taken a cup and given thanks to who? His father. I give thanks. He said, take this and share it among yourselves. Take this. Take this and share it among yourselves. Remember the Old Testament was the law. The New Testament was fulfilling the law. In the book of Exodus, I think it's 12, 6. Go back and study it. Take this and share it amongst yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God come. This is our last drink together. Share it among yourselves. Take a piece of meat. Share it. Signify, show the togetherness, the unity, the oneness, share it. We can imagine the power of coming together because even today we don't want to share our drink. We don't want to share somebody's germs. He's like, Shh. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken some bread, this is another partation, and gave thanks. He broke it and he gave it to them. Here, Sherelle. Here, Sonny. Here, Gail. Here, Penny. Then he said, this is my body. This is my body. And he broke his symbol that represented his body, which was the bread, and gave each a piece. I'm giving you a piece of me. Here is my body. Here, you take some of me. You take some of me. You take some of me. And do something with it. Eat it. Digest it. Come on. That right there is a word. This is my body, which I have given to you. Then he said, do this in remembrance of me. In other words, don't allow it to stop here. Because I'm going to be gone. I'm going to be gone to prepare a place for you. So from here on out, I need you to do this in remembrance of me. That's why we have what we call communion. We're communing again with the thought of this Thursday. Remembering Jesus. 
<laughs> Number 20. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten it, saying, This cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant of my blood. It's about to change up in here. Drink. We're not stuck in our yesterday, for our tomorrow is greater. The days of old are gone. The days of new is just showing up. Thursday. He was ushering them in to better. He was ushering them in to new. <laughs> Ooh, let me go on. We got a lot to cover on Thursday. But behold, the hand of one betraying me is with mine on the table. What he was saying is, now I'm exposing my enemy. I want to show you how bold my enemy is. My enemy has showed up to the table with us. My enemy is here eating the same bread as us. He's drinking the same wine as us. He's acting like he's a part. He said, but behold, the hand of one betraying me is with mine on the table. He's here. Can you imagine after seeing Jesus do all that he did? Let everybody know that the betrayer was at the table. Can you imagine how the betrayer should have felt? But he didn't. He kept on performing. My God. He kept on acting like everything was hunky-dory. Didn't he know? Jesus told, he had, I just told you, he here. He's right here at this table. Judas had already betrayed him. But you're here at this table. And you have the audacity to eat and drink with me. Jesus was exposing the devil. That's why it's important to expose the devil in your life. You speak those things that the devil rebuke him. And who cares if the devil get mad? Rebuke him. Jesus so politely exposed the enemy. Simultaneously exposing his power and authority still when he said, basically, I see you. You ain't fooling nobody. In today's time, you ain't slick, man. I know exactly what you're doing. You're a coward. You're only here to get what you won't get. You're a user. That's what he was. But behold, the hand of one betraying me is with mine on this table. For indeed, the Son of Man is going as it has been determined. But woe to the man by whom he is betrayed. Betrayers, if you out there, remember this word, woe. I feel sorry for you. Oh, it's too bad. It's going down now. Whatever way you want to say it. He said, woe to the man by whom 
he is portrayed. I feel sorry for you if you carry in that portraying spirit. In other words, go on and drink from this cup. Go on and eat from this body. But woe to you. You're going to pay for this. I see you. You ain't slick. I ain't crazy. Yet I'm in the flesh. I still know who I am. I'm the son of God. And the son of God sees what you're doing. Number 23, and they began to discuss among themselves which one of them might be the one going to do the thing. Which one of y'all? Everybody looking around. It ain't me. I'm not the one going to do it. Is it you? Are you going to portray God? What? Are, is it going to be you? If you're even thinking about it, man, I think you better go. I can imagine, Peter. If you're thinking about it, man, I think you need to go back and check yourself. You bet not. What? What? Can you imagine the commotion that took place at the table? Can you imagine? <laughs> 24. And there arose also a dispute among them. See, the commotion. As to which one of them was regarded to be the greatest. And he said to them, the king of the Gentiles, Lord, is over them. And those who have authority over them are called benefactors. So he said, listen here, the ones that are going to betray me, he's got a different Lord. And that Lord is called benefactors. And benefactors are those princesses who place vanity over themselves and they covet that title. People that covet titles. These were princesses who coveted this title. Benefactors. You see how folks change when they get a title? I'm a benefactor. But it is not the way with you. But it is not the way with you. But the one who is the greatest among you must become the youngest and the leader like a servant. In other words, take on my character, God was telling them. <laughs> he said, because every fighter, well, it ain't me. It must be you. No, I'm greater than you. I never do that. You, no, you're not greater than me. Are you kidding me? No, I, I, it started a dispute. And Jesus has said, the greatest among you must become the youngest. In other words, come like children. Forgiving over and over again. Falling down and getting back up and making it happen again. Growing. Come like the youngest. Not like the benefactors. You better call me pastor. You better call me the benefactor. You better call me bishop. And when I show up, everybody better stand up. And if you don't stand up, coveting your title. Jesus said, bring it back down. Bring it back down. In other words, Jesus is letting them know that, listen, I'm going to need you to be able to do some work when I leave. And if you're walking around in that prideful, arrogant way, you will never get nothing done. Because no one wants to listen to someone who feels like they are the benefactor. God says, take on the position as a servant. 
Even if you are a leader, Jesus was a leader by all ways, but he was a servant. He was allowing the people he created to crucify him. Get out of here. It shows the level of his willingness to humble himself. Because if be told, all he had to do was say one word and the entire universe at that time would have been demolished. Just as quick as he said, let there be, and the whole world lit up and the waters divided. and all. God is still God. At any time, he could have threw down that flesh and said, forget this. I'm about to do what I'm going to do. But he did. In his leadership position, he still had the heart of a servant. Some of us hotheads need to get a message from that right there. A heart of a servant. Not the heart of a crybaby. Not the heart of wanting to be big boss. The heart of a servant. I'm here to serve you. What can I do for you? I've experienced some great service just yesterday. Prophetess Grant and her grandchildren drove all the way from out of town to do my yard. Service. God says, take on the heart. You should be like the youngest and the leaders like a servant. In other words, he was trying to keep the apostles in check. I don't want you to get big-headed once I leave here. I don't want you to... Uh, when I'm not there, you become this oh, rude, bossy somebody, whoever. Because you feel like you're closest to me. So I'm just going to treat folks any kind of way. Don't have no control of my attitude, dog. He says, I want you to be as a servant, humble and kind. Everybody should love you. And if they don't, there's a problem. Everybody should like you. Everybody should desire to be around you. At least the majority. That's what he's saying. I need you guys to do a job. And if your head is this high because you're an apostle, because you've been with me and I'm gone, we'll never get nothing done. He says, I need you to be like a servant. Twenty-seven. For who is greater? The one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? He's asking him, which makes you greater? Is it the fact that you're able to recline at the table with me and we having bread and wine together? Is that the greatest? Or is the greatest the one who leaves here and does what I taught him to do? Serving people. Which one's greater? Do you know that there's still a lot of folk that'll say it was greater because I get to sit at the table with you? You got to be somebody. You got to sit down. They feel like they somebody because they were actually sitting at the table eating with Jesus. That's why you see people try to just be around folks who doing something. I want to go be around y'all. That makes me feel important if I'm in your circle. Don't let an entertainer get in town. Ooh, I want to meet him. Ooh, football player. Oh yeah, I want to be. I want to be in the mix. That same spirit is still here. You want to be about around somebody because of what they have in their pocket and how many people know them, how popular they are, and not because of anything else, simply because you just love them. That's a problem. That's fake. 
because we should be able to be around anybody whether they rich or poor and love them the same, whether they clothes got holes in them or whether they in a three-piece suit, we should still be able to love the same. So this is what he was saying. For who is greater, the one who reclines at this table or the one who serves? It is not the one who reclines at the table, but I am among you as the one who serves. He said, Jesus, I'm right here and I'm serving. I'm among you as one who serves. And I want you to take example, take good example, take good notes. And just as well as you take notes to go out and gossip and start having, take some better notes on what's really going on. Take notes of what I'm doing. I'm serving. Can you see me on this Thursday? Twenty-eight. You are those who have stood by me in my trials. I love that. And just as my Father has granted me a kingdom, grant you. Look, listen to this part. You, you are those who have stood by me in my trials. Jesus was showing his acceptability to human support. Do you really think Jesus needed man to stand by him? No. But that line right there shows the humbleness because he was accepting human support and expressing how important it had been. <laughs> Goodness gracious. You know those are still some today that you support, you do everything for, you try to support them. And because it makes them feel low, and I don't know why it does, but it makes them feel low, they are, it is very difficult to admit that you helped them. They'd rather not admit that you did something to help them and just say, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for sitting. It's difficult. There are many people where that is difficult. You ain't did nothing for me. I did all this. Never admit and never will hardly say thank you and mean it. They'll say it as a part of speech, but they don't mean it from their heart. And their heart, they mean, you really ain't did nothing for me because without you here, I could have gotten that done. I don't care if you referred me over here. I don't care if you helped me over here. I don't care if you gave me a good word. You really didn't do nothing for me. It was God that did something for me. Well, baby, listen here. God works through people to bless you. And if you can't bless his people, you certainly are not blessing him. That's what he's saying right here. <laughs> Woo! that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and you will sit on the throne judging the 12 tribes of Israel I jump down to 30 it's talking about how if they do right God is going to elevate them in a position that's what it's saying 31 Simon 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 Peter Simon Peter Simon Peter Simon Simon behold Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. He was telling Peter, listen here, man. Your dedication to me has caused an attack to come on your life. Satan is demanding permission from me to sift you like wheat. He wants to tear you down because of your commitment to me. <laughs> come on, Saint. Our trials 
are there because of our heart's desire for Christ. The enemy ain't got time to be wasted on nobody that he already has. Satan has no time to be wasted. So he looks like he looked for Simon for you to sift you like, and he don't ask, he demands God, give me Erica, give me Madeline, give me Kimberly, give me Brenda. I want to sift them like we, I want to, I want to tear them apart. I want to devour them. God was sending a direct warning to Simon. Simon, 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 Peter, Simon, Peter, Simon, Peter. Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat on this Thursday. But then Jesus said, I have prayed for you and your faith may not fail and you. When once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers, he says, and I pray and I've asked my father that even when you make a mistake. That when you turn back, you will be stronger than you were before you made your mistake. Wow! <laughs> Woo! God knows we're going to fail. He knew that Peter was going to deny him three times, but I'm praying that when you come back to your senses, that you are stronger than you were before you denied me. Wow. <laughs> oh, me. We talked about uh, Peter and, and uh, what's that man's name? Judas. Judas had a bad heart. Peter had a bad day. <laughs> His heart didn't match nothing like Judas's. He just had a bad day and God understood it. He knew that Peter would go to bat for him. Peter cutting off a man's ear. Jesus knew that. He knew he had the ability to do that. <laughs> Gosh, there's so much more. We're going to run out of time. But he, Peter, said to him, Lord, I'm on 33. But he, Peter, said to him, Lord, with you, I'm ready to go both to prison and to death. In other words, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'll kill a man to mess with you, Jesus. And God knew that Peter was serious. I'll go to back for you, God. I'm keeping it 100. I got you. People, when you get friends like that, you want to keep them. I had to throw that in there. When you get friends like that, you want to keep them. You don't want a friend the minute you say something that they don't want to hear. That they go the other way. They wasn't a friend in the first place. Because a true friend can accept when God kisses you. The Bible says that the enemy will give you sweet kisses too. He'll tell you whatever you want to hear. But when God uses a friend to help you, Kimberly, to help you, Penny, that will go to bat for you, I mean, to take a bullet for you, you got friends like that. Don't let them go. The other ones, they can flutter in the wind. But God knew that in Peter. He knew that Peter would go to death for him. And Peter spoke it. I'll go to jail, man. I'll go to prison for you. I'll go to death for you. His heart was right. <laughs> this is work. 
But he, but he said, but Peter said to him, Lord, with you, I'm ready to go to both prison and to death. And he said, I say to you, Peter, the rooster will not crow today until you have denied me three times that you know me. Peter, I know that you'll go to bat for me, but I'm letting you know that you're still human, man, and you're going to deny me three times. I'm letting you know that ahead of time so that you'll remember what I said. But you're also going to remember my love that's not going to leave you even after your fault. I'm trying to give you a lesson here, Peter. I want you to know that I still got you, Peter. I still I still love you, Peter. I still, I'm still there for you, Eric. I'm still there, Sherelle and Penny. Even after I know you won't fall, I'm still here to tell you that I love you because your heart is right, because I know that you'll die for me. I know that you'll go to prison for me, but you're going to make a mistake because you're in the flesh, and I'm letting you know, but I love you still. <laughs> I'm still going to die for you, Peter. <laughs> yeah. Man, I love this. Here we go. Number 35. Gosh, it's still a lot. And he said to them, when I sent you out without money belt and bag and sandals and did not lack anything, did you? They said, no, nothing. And he said to them, but now... Whoever has a money belt is to take it along, likewise also a bag. And whoever has no sword is to sell his coat and buy one. In other words, he's saying, listen, I'm going to be dying here. And you're going to have to deal with a new way of fighting. In other words, our, our, the things that we're doing now, no, there's no temporary mission trips like we do uh, we've done in the past. We temporarily went over here and dealt with this. We temporarily went over here and dealt with this. We temporarily went over there and dealt with this. And the way we dealt with it was the weapons that I have given you. It's going to change. Now I'm going to be gone and it's not going to be temporary. This is going to be a forever fight. And you're going to have to fight the forever fight with the weapons that I am going to give you. That's what it's saying. Ugh, smell cigarette smoke. Hmm. Somebody got cigarettes on there? If you have cigarettes on there, put it out. It's strong. But he said to them, whoever has money, let's go down to, uh, let's skip on over to 54 so that we can get a little bit more in on what um, happened uh, on that Thursday. We know on that Thursday that, Jesus, that Judas, he actually went through with the uh, act of portraying Jesus. He went, kissed Jesus, they arrested him, Peter cut off ears, it was fight, Jesus put it back on, the whole thing. Jesus, Judas actually did what he had uh, planned to do on that Thursday. When he had the opportunity, sitting at that table, to say, you know what, I changed my mind. I don't want this least silver, this little 30 pieces of silver. I changed my mind. I want to keep Jesus, but he did anyway. And Jesus said, woe to the betrayer. This is all in his week. Then we get down to uh, Jesus' arrest. They arrest him. They end up where Peter was, and Peter said, no, I don't know him. Oh, man, no, I don't know him. He denied him three times on this Thursday. Then after that, he ended up, after they arrested him, he was standing before the Sahedrin tribe. To be judged. And to be sentenced to death. 
for us on this Monday, Thursday. I know that was a mouthful, but it was real. All of this, Jesus did for Collins, Kimberly, Shay, Penny, Sherelle, Erica, everybody. And we should never forget. And I mean never. If you don't ever, ever hear me say anything else, remember that I said never forget what Jesus has done for you. Don't take it lightly. Don't just spew it from your lips as another story. Feel his pain. Understand that moment. Tomorrow is Friday. And we're going to see what happened on Friday as Jesus' week got worse. Each day was worse. What could have gotten any worse than all of that? I love you guys. I see your many comments. Today, can we reach 5,000 people today? Do me a favor. If all of you share with 50 people, 100 people, it's only five minutes of pushing your buttons. We can change a life forever. I see your loves. I see it. I see it. I love you too. I love you too. <laughs> a song? Um... How about this one? It's another day's journey. I'm glad about it. I'm glad. Whoa, I'm glad. I'm glad about it. It's another day's journey. I'm glad about it. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> Y'all stop it. Okay. He woke me up this morning, this Thursday morning. I'm glad about it. I'm glad. I'm glad about it. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad about it. Yes, he woke me up. This morning, so glad about it, glad about it. Oh, oh, I'm so glad to be. Okay, I'll see you guys. I gotta go. I gotta go. I'll see you guys tomorrow morning. God bless you. Oh, for those of you who definitely, without a shadow of a doubt, just have to have some food today. I mean, you. I mean, your refrigerator is empty, and I'm telling you, don't take advantage of this moment. But if you, if you just don't have no food in your refrigerator, I don't know how my kids going to eat the next three days. Meet me at 2692 Imperial Avenue, and I'll bring out a few things. Not like the big food distribution, but I'll bring out a few things.
to help you get through the week. 2692 Imperial, that's right on the corner of 27th and Imperial. 27th and Imperial, I plan to be there at 11 o'clock. Please be patient with me. God bless you, and I love you guys. Bye-bye.